What is up, brothers of discussion? This is Big Kevin, Fanboy Dave. Fanboy Dave, how are you doing today here on this Monday afternoon? Uh, doing all right. You know, we're doing episode 24 today. My teams are out. Both of my fantasy teams that made the playoffs are out. Bijan Robinson just declared for the draft. So I'm hoping he doesn't go to the Eagles because I do not like the Eagles. And uh, UT Volleyball won the national championship this weekend. So hook them. So other than that, I'm all right. I noticed you didn't bring up your New England Patriots. Yeah, it's probably going to be the bonehead play of the year or the decade. I have no idea. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that was definitely on first take in all the ESPN shows today. They were definitely talking about that for sure. Uh, which they weren't talking about, but it was in the news this past week, was Mandy Rose getting released from the WWE. And, of course, she got released specifically for some – content that was leaked on her fan time page and again this is not with the company wwe this is a side project and she got released from the wwe for this yeah i I mean i was surprised because they said it it was a little risque and since wwe is pg programming and there is a paywall like you have to pay to basically like i i don't know the name of it it's not only fans but it's similar but you, there's a paywall, so just can't be seen. But apparently pictures, videos got leaked, and basically WWE's hands were tied. I mean, they love Mandy Rose. She's been an excellent uh, employee, you know, longest reigning NXT champion, which she lost the title uh, on NXT this past last week. Um, yeah, it's just a little, I guess, not disheartening, but just sad and you know i know some people on social media were saying like wwe calling the kettle black because you know um which we'll talk about like the the drug policy things like that with certain superstars or duis and getting slapped on the wrist and mandy rose's whole wwe persona you know was first the goddess you know the hottest woman on tv like the sex appeal like that's what they were pushing, even though she was much more than a sex symbol. So, I mean, hopefully um, this can die down, you know, six months from now. I really hope to not, uh, to not see her on an, any other promotion. But I really don't know where Mandy Rose goes from this. Does she just stay doing content? Does she uh, pick up acting to try to um, go into Hollywood? I mean, she has a few options on her table. I'm sure she's still getting paid with her contract. But, uh, yeah, it was just uh, surprising to hear because, um, you know, she was basically on the biggest faction on NXT of Toxic Attraction. So now what do you do with uh, the other two girls? Um, So a lot to unfold in the next coming weeks with the Rumble coming up next month. But, yeah, I hope to see Mandy Rose back, but I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough call. Uh, WWE had to release her because they put a lot of energy and money and time into her and really built her character up, really reviving her from the WWE main roster down to the NXT because she was kind of spinning her wheels, not much going on at the WWE main roster. When I say that, you know, of course, Raw and SmackDown. But coming to NXT, she's definitely a household name. That's a huge blow to the company um, because it just felt like she was on the cusp of reversing back up to the main roster 
probably in 2023. And to answer your question, man, based on the numbers that I saw, she doesn't have to do anything that she is definitely probably minimum making about $2 million uh, from this third party site. It's a uh, fan time is what she was getting her monies on. Uh, there was one report up to 4 million she was making. So uh, unbelievable. So she even says um, after she got released, she, she, you know, had a statement about the support and uh, she's getting from her fans and she appreciates that. And she said that she's going to continue to post content on this uh, fan only page, if you will. So it doesn't sound like she has to go put her body on the line anymore if, if this is what she wanted to do. But yeah, I'm with you. I hope she does not go into another promotion impact AEW. But you know, one thing I, I do want to say on this topic is I look at some of the other uh, ladies in the company and specifically Natalia. Uh, she posts some pretty kind of touch and go type stuff with her sister on her uh, IG accounts and and her her pages as well that are kind of real similar. And so at what point does the WWE say, okay, no more social media post? Or, hey, are we going to just lock it and we're going to take control over your IG accounts and Twitter accounts and Facebook and yada, yada, TikTok and so on. And we'll filter through it and we'll post uh, content that we deem necessary and not necessary, but we deem safe to put out there into the world. Yeah, I don't know if WWE wants to micromanage social media. And you are correct with the whole Natalia thing, but I think what saves her is it's really her sister's page who is not a WWE superstar, does not have any affiliation with the company other than that she's related to Natalia. And uh, so I think on that, that's where um, she might be okay. But I'm sure they, they've been having discussion uh, with all the talent um, since this whole Mandy Rose thing came out. And I don't know if you saw any of the videos or pictures, but it's it's a little more risque than they say, a little close to almost OnlyFans stuff versus what Natalia is doing. So, um, yeah, if you need the link, I might know somebody who has it, but I don't want to get you in trouble with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, somebody else that recently has disappeared off WWE's program, Matt Riddle. Uh, as you know, he kind of got written off uh, with uh, Solo, and he failed the drug test. And so they want to him to put, you know, bring him into inpatient drug rehab uh, program, again, because he failed uh, two tests. Uh, does this hurt the company? What's your perception of him as a talent? Um and do you foresee him coming back to the company once he gets cleaned up, if he does? I mean, he's a fan favorite, but you could tell on Monday Night Raw without Randy Orton, without RK Bro, which is their bread and butter. I mean, trying to put him with uh, Elias, I mean, I get, yeah, okay. But, I mean, his main thing is with Randy, I mean, it just clicked and it just works. Uh, Riddle just needs to understand um, just like Vince learned, um, and um, nobody's bigger than the WWE. Uh, and for some of our listeners that are around our age or a little bit younger, they could go back and say, um, the person that needs to talk to Matt Riddle is actually his best friend, Randy Orton, because Randy Orton has two strikes against him as well for um, the drug and wellness policy. And he pretty much, they told him, like, look, 
you need to shape up or I know you're Randy Orton, uh, third generational superstar, WWE bloodline, no pun intended, but we're going to let you go if you fell another test. And it's just one of those things that I think WWE lets their superstars, you know, on a leash, but try to still have control because nobody um, wanted to believe that Jeff Hardy had a drug problem. And then he had that fiasco, I think, in Laredo, Texas, where he just got out of the ring and left. And another company just gobbled him up because of the name. And they didn't um, care that he had a drug problem. And later on, it bit them in the butt. And now they're still dealing with that. So I think Matt Rillo needs to decide, like, look, yes, you like to do your drugs. But do you like being in WWE and entertaining the fans around the world? Like, what's going to get you more high, I guess? Like, the high of the crowd, the adrenaline, the rush of that, or the drugs you want to do, and, and that made you fail the test? Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that. Hopefully, he can get clean. Uh, he just seems just kind of his <laughs> – he's kind of another Rod Van Dam uh, personality. I don't know if that he'll ever get clean, to be honest, just based on what we see. Um, you know, I feel like what we see on TV is who we get as a person uh, in real life. So – you know, hopefully he gets cleaned up and things of that nature. So if he wants to take his WWE run serious, he can get back into it and, and keep progressing. Uh, hey, we're just going to keep kind of move. We have a lot, Fanboy Dave, of people going in and people going out and back and forth. Somebody that was just announced this past week on SmackDown is the return of John Cena. And we reported this last week when we talked about Cena was going to appear on the last uh, Friday night SmackDown. But it appears... We finally figure out, yes, it's not just talk. He's going to be in the ring performing. And that is going to be a tag team match with Kevin Owens as his partner taking on the bloodline. Are you excited about this? Is this something that Cena, we, we hope we get the Cena that we've seen in the past? Or is this a Cena that, hey, man, I hope you don't want to embarrass yourself. Come on, who isn't excited to see John <laughs> Cena? You can't see me. And especially to put them in the last SmackDown of the year before 2023. I mean, I liked his promo that they showed in the video saying like, Hey, he, he plans to wrestle at least one time every year and it's getting close. So why not do it on the last SmackDown um, tag match? I think it's a safe call because he's probably not in ring shape. So uh, you can hide some of the flaws since he's been doing his acting and movies I'm sure he still stays in shape, but I mean, what a way to, um, especially for Fox, to get John Cena uh, on Friday Night SmackDown before the new year. I mean, huge for Fox. I'm sure they're very happy about that. Um, do they get the win? I don't know, because can they get the win um, um, and the bloodline take a loss? Maybe. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited about John Cena coming and dealing with Kevin Owens and to see how they mesh together, but definitely going to be a good show on Friday night SmackDown on December 30th. Well, what's kind of nice is we get them taking on Sami Zayn specifically. Of course, he's been the highlight of the bloodline, but then we also get to see the tribal chief as Sami Zayn's tag team partner. Roman Reigns is going to be in the ring. So how big is that being the champion who doesn't normally, uh, take on opponents on Friday night SmackDown anymore or raw. He's just premium live event. 
uh, material at this point. So it's nice to see that we get Roman Reigns in the ring with Sami Zayn taking on Kevin Owens and John Cena. And I'm with you. Uh, John Cena is always in phenomenal shape, and that's just part of his regimen. Could we see some ring rust? Probably. But I think this protects them being in a tag team match uh, rather than a singles competition. So it could mask some of that. But, you know, John Cena, of course, has been, you know, one of those guys that gets uh, some shade throw his way because he's a routine wrestler, right? You know, he's a shoulder block, you know, into this and that, this and that. So he doesn't do too many moves. So hopefully he's still good at his routine, if you will, for those John Cena haters. I'm happy to see him too. I'm with you on that. So hopefully we'll see him here. And then hopefully we'll see him in WrestleMania uh, next year, if that's just one match for the year. Um, so that'd be kind of cool. Uh, we touched on this last week too, Goldberg. Of course, there's some more rumors coming out that the Hall of Famer, um, there's some rumors saying he has not signed with the company. And there's some people that says he is signed with the company. And those that say he is signed with the company said that his new two-year deal Includes five guaranteed matches. Uh, two of the three are opponents that he's fought before. Um, and then the other three people that he has not faced. Doesn't go on to say any specifics. But, uh, and I told you that we could potentially see him at the Rumble. Maybe that's one of his five. I'm not sure. To me, um, again, Goldberg was a name in WCW. I know me and you did not watch that product of WCW. And to be honest, Goldberg doesn't really excite me, um, especially at his age of 55. And he's just dropped a lot of body mass. Um, and he's not that Goldberg that was once back in the late 90s and early 2000s uh, WCW. He's not the monster like Brock freaking Lesnar is. What does this do for you as a fan? The problem with Goldberg is that he's never taken the time. He's not a wrestling guy. You know, his story goes, and you've seen it on A&E, things. His goal was to be a professional football player. Uh, grew up uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. When that didn't pan out, you know, he is a big side. What do I do next? And I think that's the biggest knock on Goldberg is that he doesn't have love for the business. And you know me, I'm not a Bret Hart fan, but Bret Hart's, um, I think he has more hatred for him than he had for Shawn Michaels. And Brett did not like Sean at all. And basically that Goldberg uh, cut Bret Hart's um, career short for uh, kicking him in the head and concussing him. And he was never the same. And it's just like Goldberg signs a two-year deal if this is true, but he doesn't take the time to get better in the ring. And most of his matches are between three and seven minutes. You know, doing beer, spear, jackhammer, spear, spear, you know, grab the rope, stick out the tongue. I mean, there's really not a form of actual wrestling moves or anything. It's just big power moves and let's get the one, two, three, and the match is over. So if he did sign this uh, two-year deal, of course, he's probably going to be in Saudi Arabia. And you've seen some of those matches that he's had. They have not been good at all. They've been dangerous. So I would just think that if Goldberg's last run two years, that he would – have the respect for whoever he's going to fight uh, previous opponents or new opponents is to get in that ring and, and do some work uh, so that uh, you can put on a show. Yeah, no doubt. I think the Royal Rumble makes sense because of his star power name in WCW. And like you said, 
it's going to definitely protect him, especially when you're in the ring with 30 other guys. It blends in very well. So we'll just have to see, and we'll monitor that. Another person that's kind of brought up is Chelsea Green. It looks like the WWE women's roster is going to get a boost in the next couple of weeks with the addition of her. Uh, I was a fan of Chelsea Green. Um, she definitely has a great look to her. And her ring in-ring skills weren't the greatest at the time in WWE. But since then, you know, she's been with another other promotions and she's getting more repetition, which, of course, is more practice, which, of course, makes you a better performer uh, in the ring, especially when you're going up against, like, Mickey James's of the world to get better. Chelsea Green coming back to the WWE. Um, how do you like this for the roster? Is there somewhere she can fit in? I, I don't think she's kind of the the uh, the Charlottes of the worlds and, and the Oscars of the worlds, but I feel like she has a place on the mid-card level. Well, it's kind of hard because she was getting a push and then when she, uh, in her last match, whenever uh, she got pushed off the rope, she missed up her wrist. So that pushed everything out. And then, of course, she gets released. But I don't know if you heard this because I didn't tell you off air, but rumor has it she is going to be the new leader of Toxic Attraction when they debut on the main roster. Ooh, yeah, no, you didn't tell me that part, but uh, that would be a great spot for her. Uh, I can definitely see her in that role. Um, so we'll have to see how that pans out. And of course, you know who she's dating, as you know, Zach Ryder. Well, we know him as Zach Ryder, Matt Cordona. There's rumors of him coming back uh, to the WWE. Uh, it's one of those things in his situations where, you know, you got to leave kind of like a Drew McIntyre to get experience and just kind of find yourself uh, as far as character development, things of that nature. And he certainly has done that. He's definitely made a name for himself on the independent scene. And there's, you know, rumors, of course, of him returning to the WWE. I like this. I always enjoyed, uh, you know, Zack Ryder as we knew him. I always enjoyed uh, Zack Ryder. He definitely had the heart. And I really felt like, you know, he wanted to be there. Yeah, I heard that if he does come back, he doesn't want to go by Zack Ryder because he's filled that he's made a name with his uh, Matt Cadorna, Cadora, whatever his name is. Um, and I think he just wants to go with that. So I don't know if WWE will let him. They may. Um, but he's just a little more edgier, more rough skin. Uh, so I'm at, yeah, mid card, but potentially, you know, if this character that he plays now, and maybe he could get in the main event, but I mean, that's uh, for us to see if he does come back, how the fans react to him and if he still gets a reaction. Yeah. I, I think he definitely can make a main event level uh, impact again, if he comes in as his Hill character and I'm with you, people take Zack Ryder, not as seriously with the woo woos and you know, the, the internet sensation. I'm glad. And I hope that the WWE can recognize, Hey, let's, let's use the name Matt Cordona and let's use him coming in. Uh, so we'll have to see about that. Hey, fanboy Dave, let's take a quick break. And when we get back on the brothers of the discussion, we're going to talk a lot Bray Wyatt and his characters that are starting to make their presence known, as you called out last week, of what you would do. It looks like, again, you're writing television for the WWE. We'll talk about that when we come back on Brothers of Discussion. And we're back. Um, so we're about to jump into some other topic. But before we get to that, Big Kev, you know our boy uh, Snoop Dogg, D-O-double-G. You know how he got... Uh, 
custom uh, golden uh, title from Bianca Belair and Becky, Big Time Bex. Well, he's on tour, you know, rapping and doing this thing like Snoop Dogg does. Well, apparently he is missing his WWE championship that was given to him. And it was on social media everywhere. It got so big that even WWE is like, hey, has anybody seen Snoop's title? Yeah, I wonder what the reward is, because uh, if the reward's high enough, man, I think me and you will uh, hit the streets and go look for that thing. But yeah, you're right. It got so big that WWE sent a, t- a tweet asking, has anybody seen this belt? And of course, it has a picture of the belt. If so, please let us know. So man, that's that's a bummer, man. That thing looks like it definitely worked a little bit, especially because it's custom. Dude, you can't be doing that. You can't be losing that belt, homie. He must have been smoking too much, so you probably need to offer a bag of smoke with him and maybe they'll bring it back but um yeah that's gonna be kind of hard to try to sell or anything since uh everybody knows about it so i hope that uh uh snoop d-o-double-g gets his uh wwe custom title back in the near future i know something top dollar hopes that the internet forgets on friday night smackdown now did you watch this match big kev I did. I mean, Top Dollar, he's a big guy, you know? And um, we've had uh, other big uh, guys try to do moves. So basically, you have all the participants except Top Dollar outside the ring. And Top Dollar tells the fans he's about to go airborne. And let's just say um, Top Dollar, if he was uh, a pilot, he still needs to stay in pilot school because the liftoff didn't go well and he tumbled over the top rope, could have almost hurt his neck, and yet the participants, some of them still fell. It was just horrible. It was awful, man. I uh, I remember uh, sending y'all guys in our wrestling chat that, uh, that video, and yeah, dude, it was awful. I bet if Taker was in the back, he'd be getting a death stare as top dollar walking through the curtain. It's like, dude, you're a big man. You don't do that type of move. Uh, Cause I, I bet he learned his lesson. I don't think he does that again. <laughs> that was, that was bad. Yeah. Uh, he should have took the L, but he still tried to defend himself. Cause he did post a video. I guess when he was out of the WWE, it looked like it was in a, a school or a gymnasium. And he did uh, jump over the top rope, but he did say that uh, he was 50 pounds lighter. But again, even if you're 50 pounds lighter, you're still to blame because you're 50 pounds heavier. So just take the L uh, top dollar from hit row and, and just move on and say, Hey, that's on me, man. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Hopefully he does not do that um, again. Cause I, I don't want to see it from him. Hey, day by day, it's getting really close is the Royal rumble. There's a couple matches that are kind of popping up on the radar um, that has been speculative of, some matches that we're going to see of course we're going to have the rumble and we've already kind of talked about you know who potentially could be in the rumble you know with the goldberg i, I saw a rumor that chris mathers uh with the master lock is going to maybe make his return uh supposedly he sent a thing on the twitter machine and he is teasing a return so he's still young and he, i know he's been doing some stuff with the nwa with billy corgan and that group over there on the east coast so chris mathers could be making a return at the rumble have you heard any other uh, potentials? No, not really. I mean, other than, of course, we talked about it before 
Cody Rhodes potentially coming back. But I think for the Rumble, if you bring anybody back, I think it's mostly going to be like in the women's match just because you have enough superstars for the WWE on the main roster or in NXT. Uh, like I said, you may have um, two or three guests, but for the women's match, um, if Charlotte doesn't make her debut, you're going to have to have something like you did last year with uh, Mickey James coming out, um, even though she was with Impact and things like that. I think to see more surprises in the women's um, Royal Rumble match. Hey, and for those reasons, and I know you're not a huge fan of this girl at all, but do you think there is a possibility we could see Sasha Banks coming back? And the only reason why I say that is we know that she's doing her Wrestle Kingdom 17 appearance early January for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Could that be a distraction of the WWE kind of giving us a, a distraction, I guess is the best word to say it, where they don't, you know, people don't think, oh, well, yeah, WWE's not going to allow her to do that because she just showed up on another promotion earlier in the month. It could be a head fake. Could we see Sasha Banks return? Or do you think her days in WWE is completely over? I think it's completely over because I heard a rumor that they may have Carly Sang in the Rumble, which is from New Japan. And I think if they do that, that's just basically like uh, I used to say, read between the lines and you put three fingers up to Sasha Banks and be like, look, you know, you want big money. She's asking for big time backs and Charlotte Flair money, which, and I don't know who quoted this, but I read it on WrestleZone is they said no, because they said in five years, Sasha Banks is not going to be relevant um, like a Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair. So it just shows you that yes, the WWE would like her back, but they, they don't value her as a premier superstar the way they value big time backs and Charlotte Flair. And I don't blame them. I mean, Corey Graves has always said, uh, Sasha Banks just cares about number one, which is herself. And she'll step on anybody and not trying to grow the business or help the younger talent. So Sasha can stay in new Japan. Sasha can, uh, con Tony Khan out of a bunch of money and go over there. It doesn't matter to me. Hey, let's stick with the women's division and let's stick with the Rumble. There is some speculation that we could see Ronda Rousey in the ring defending her WWE SmackDown Women's Championship against Raquel Rodriguez. That would be a smart move considering the demographics and where Raquel's from there in Texas. Uh, I like this, man. If we can get this match, uh, this is actually one of the matches I would love to see at the Rumble. Even though I've been kind of down on Ronda, uh Raquel's been great. She's been she's been a good athlete there for the WWE and this will give her a title shot and get her and to see if she is a main event player. Yeah, and, and other podcasts that we have uh recorded um you know I'm a big uh Raquel fan. Uh she does have the it factor in my opinion and no better way for her to show out than in San Antonio, Texas uh, with uh majority Hispanic uh, population and to basically here you go kid we think you have it show us you have it and kick down that door does Ronda lose the title probably not uh, but uh, if uh, Raquel can get over I think the sky's the limit I wouldn't say she'll get bigger than um, 
Bianca, but she may get pretty close if she keeps working hard and they push her to be basically the superstar for uh, Latina or Latin women or little girls that they can look up and be like, hey, that's me. And then uh, just sell merch and tickets that way that people want to see Raquel in the ring uh, to put a show on for the fans. Yeah, no, it's a smart move considering they're trying to get the hill this uh, out of Ronda Rousey here and being in San Antonio, Ra- Raquel Rodriguez is going to get a big pop and she's going to get a big push as a baby face there in the here in the Lone Star State. Uh, another one, of course, is speculation. And, and we kind of and it's kind of looked like it's gearing up, especially because we got the Kevin Owens Cena tag team match against Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn announced for the end of the month. But of course, we are getting some speculation that's going to be Roman Reigns taking on Kevin Owens for the Universal Championship match. Uh, how do you like this as the main event for Royal Rumble? Um, your thoughts on this? I know that, uh, you know, Kevin Owens wants revenge back on Roman Reigns. And, you know, this definitely could be a one of those matches that can hold us in place until we get to Mania. Uh, I don't think Roman's going to drop the title here. Uh, I think it's going to be at Mania on whoever he's going to take on. Is this a main event match you want to see, or is this something that you're you kind of want to pass on? Well, and for our listeners, these are just rumored matches. We don't know a hundred percent, but yeah, because you can still play the story that Kevin Owens has been saying that if it wasn't for the bloodline, Roman Reigns wouldn't win on this long run of being Universal Undisputed Champion because Kevin would have beat him the first go around when they had their match, and. Uh, I believe this is better than having Sheamus because you have the tie with Sami Zayn with Kevin Owens. So I think this makes a better story to tell versus if you had Roman Reigns versus Sheamus and the Brawling Brutes. Yeah, there's a little there, but everybody that follows Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens' career that watched other things besides WWE have been following them from, I guess, their days in Ring of Honor and wherever else they've been and just that they just tell more of it, how like basically they're brothers and something's got to give is Sammy really going to be torn. I mean, it's, he's showing his loyalty from war games. Does Sammy stay like that? Or does he have a change of heart? So it's just better TV to have Kevin Owens fight the tribal chief for the universal title uh, with uh, Sammy Zane in the corner or in the bloodline. Yeah, definitely. They can play that story out nicely. Another speculation match that we kind of talked about it uh, before we jumped on is the demon Finn Balor taking on Edge, Edge making a return. And this is going to be in a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, I like this match, uh, especially because we get to go to it and we get to see a Hell in a Cell. Of course, we got to see Shane O'Mac and Taker at Mania in that Hell in a Cell match. Uh, But we get to see potentially this match uh, in San Antonio between Edge and Finn Balor, and not just Finn Balor, but the Demon coming back. Yeah, um, if this match does happen, um, like I've told you off air, I mean, I do like Edge a lot, but you cannot have Finn Balor's Demon persona lose to Edge. I mean, he already lost to Roman Reigns, and basically if you do that, in my opinion, it would be that Edge and Roman Reigns are the same caliber as far as that. And no disrespect to Edge, but uh, Roman Reigns would tear him 
in about maybe five to ten minutes. So if they do have this match, I I have to see Finn Balor going over, um, and especially in the Hell in a Cell match, which you know they were talking about just doing away with the pay per views. I think this is smart if they don't have a Hell in a Cell pay per views, but they bring back these gimmick matches at staple pay-per-views like the Royal Rumble or SummerSlam, um, WrestleMania, or even Survivor Series, so that you could still have a match, even though you don't have to have the whole pay-per-view around like a hell in a cell. And the last match we kind of talked about for almost a good month now is the rumor that they're pitching, and no pun intended, but a pitch black match with uh, Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight. And this is kind of building up to that because – we see LA Knight and Bray darkness around them. The lights are off typically. Um, and so what does this pitch black match mean? We've never seen such a thing. Uh, it's, you know, I don't know what to say other than this could be a potential first time for us to see a match like this and and we'll get to be there live to watch it. Uh, or, or I don't know, do we get to watch it? It'll be in the pitch black, but uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be a spotlight type deal. And I think this could be a situation and I'm just kind of thinking how this could play out. And what you've talked about in the past couple of weeks of these characters coming back, we finally got to see uncle Howdy on SmackDown and I'm kind of jumping over to SmackDown because it ties into this, but do we see those characters kind of pop up in the match? Um, and it's kind of like a nightmare other than I, that's the best way I can describe it. It could be a nightmare for LA night. If this pitch black match is just that. And then all of a sudden we get these characters uh, through Bray Wyatt's uh, creativity that pop up. Um, this could be one of those hit or miss um, with the WWE universe here. Well, um, I hope we don't get a pitch black match. Um, Cause I know we didn't tell some of our listeners, but you and I, um, went to the Royal Rumble in 2017 at, at uh, um, Minute Maid Park uh, where the world champions Houston Astros play. And when Bray Wyatt, I mean, I, excuse me, when The Fiend came out. That was 2020. Sorry, 2020. Whoa, 2017. Whoa, but, we did go, but we did go to 2017 Rumble in San Antonio. That was San Antonio, that's right. Yeah, that's where you got to mix. Yeah, so 2020, we go, and when uh, The Fiend comes out, it's red and even some of the old uh, premier live events before they were just called pay-per-views, uh, even the Hell in the Cell when he fought Seth Rollins, it was the lights were down and it was just a red light. And that was hard to see uh, on TV. So in person, it may be the same thing. So having a pitch black match, like I, I don't see how they can make it work unless it's a lot more backstage stuff. But what I would like to see since Uncle Howdy finally made his presence, you know, because L.A. Knight's in the ring with Bray Wyatt uh, on Friday Night SmackDown and telling him, Bray's like, I didn't do it. And he starts beating him up and Bray goes in the corner and then you see the music and then Uncle Howdy is on the stage and L.A. Knight is like, what is going on? So maybe I'd like to see uh, Uncle Howdy fight L.A. Knight. And Bray Wyatt, or maybe Bray Wyatt's the ref. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you do this because I know fans want to see Bray Wyatt in the ring. But since you brought out Uncle Howdy and he is attacking LA Knight, then I would say LA Knight has a beef with Uncle Howdy as much as he has a beef with Bray Wyatt. So I just don't know how you 
make that into a match. I think we'll have to see what else um, happens this Friday on SmackDown, since it is Monday, to see how they develop that story even more. Yeah, we'll definitely have to. And I'm with you. I was not a big fan of the Fiend lights down, red light special going on. Uh, didn't care for that. And, and, of course, we saw that match. It was with Daniel Bryan and The Fiend. Uh, decent match, but just didn't care for the appearance. And I get it. It was just something different, something new that they wanted to try. Um, but we've seen that those matches in the red light. They just didn't like it. But, of course, they wanted it on a bigger stage like the Rumble. So we'll have to see how that pans out. But that's the, kind of the, the the scoop for there. Brock Lesnar, rumors that he's going to be taking on Gunther. At WrestleMania 39, how great would this be? I, I mean, think it'd be great. I, has Brock Lesnar ever held the Intercontinental Championship? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, I I wouldn't say it's beneath him by any means, but he's never have. I thought Sheamus and Gunther had a phenomenal match. A lot of people really like that match. Do you think Brock Lesnar can one up Sheamus? I don't, from a wrestling standpoint. Of course, you know, with Brock Lesnar just a brawler, uh, I think they could have a great match. And I think Brock puts him over. Yeah. Uh, if, Brock, ha- if that happens. Yeah, if that does happen, Brock is at the point where losses mean nothing to him. It doesn't take for his aura of him being the beast incarnate. He's still a, a force to be reckoned with. And a loss doesn't do anything for him. And what people don't understand, and even John Cena said it about Brock, because Brock gets a lot of grief for being a part-time wrestler, he only works with certain people. Um, he wants to go home after he's done. But Brock, for being a part-time wrestler, bestseller, I think, on the WWE roster. And if he and if he believes in you, he'll put you over a uh, big time where you're just like, what did I just see? So Brock is um one of the greatest sports entertainer WWE superstars of all time. And and I think that would be a phenomenal match. And if he does put Gunther over uh, that would just be huge for his career yeah I, I really truly think Brock respects Gunther I mean how could you not uh, I think a lot of people have respect for for that cat I mean he looks like a professional wrestler he acts like a professional wrestler um, so and he seems big time and so I think Brock has those same thoughts I can't speak for Brock but I'm just assuming that's what he feels too and I think um, I would love to see that that's that kind of caught me off guard to be honest because I thought we were going to potentially get Lashley and Brock Lesnar. And who's to say that doesn't happen still? We could get that match at the Rumble for the uh, the best of three, if you will. Who comes out on top of that? I feel like that story needs to ride off in the sunset. But uh, if that's the case, man, Gunther and Brock, uh, that's, a, that's a WrestleMania match to me. Oh, for sure, for sure. Definitely WrestleMania match. All right, well, this again wraps it up for Brothers of Discussion. We will catch you down the road next week with Big Kevin fanboy Dave. See ya!